Now podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 177 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today, today is going to be interesting. Um, I'm going totally unscripted today. We're going to be talking about post-operative shoulder care. I know this is titled as a rant, and I'm not a ranty type of person, um, but, you know, as uh, some people say, uh, we're not complaining, we're just stating a fact. So we're going to talk about... Uh, you know, my biggest frustration with post-operative shoulder care, I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, the importance of collaboration between therapists and uh, physicians. We're also going to be talking about the pain and the risk of re-injury that happens in the post-operative patient, especially when they have shoulder surgery. And we're going to be talking about so much more today. So if you folks don't mind holding just for a moment to hear a word from our sponsors, we'll be right back and uh, we'll be chatting about post-operative shoulder care. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit EasySlant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Hello and welcome back. Well, the first thing I'm going to start with today is that it's, it's, it's unfair. It's simply unfair to shoulder patients who have shoulder surgery and uh, they're sent home and they have to kind of recover on their own. Total knee replacement, total hip replacement patients, you know, they have surgery they have a therapist that helps guide them, nurses that help guide them, their physicians are right there to help guide them on the day of surgery, uh, the day after surgery. They may go home, have some home care therapy, and get some more guidance there. Some may go to a nursing home or a skilled rehab facility and get lots of guidance on what to do, what positions to get into, how to get dressed, and how to take care of yourself Whereas the poor shoulder patient who has, let's say, a rotator cuff repair, um, who has shoulder surgery, maybe given a series of instructions, you know, written instructions uh, to go home and do, and don't real don't really have any structured guidance uh, by a therapist, by a nurse, by a provider uh, of any sort while they are home, and so they're really there to fend for themselves, and. You know, we see everything. We, we see all kinds of stuff. Uh, patients may be referred to therapy two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. I've even seen eight weeks after shoulder surgery. Um, they come in, uh, their armpits may be, you know, macerated because they were told to absolutely not get out of the sling. And um, some are super, super stiff and they end up with frozen shoulders because they were told not to move whatsoever. Other folks are not sleeping at all because they are just so bloody uncomfortable because they don't know how to position themselves in a bed or in a recliner, and uh, they may not know how to take a shirt off or put it back on. Uh, the last three out of my uh, last four patients have had severe wrist pain because of undersized slings, 
uh, and the wrist falling off of the edge of the sling. And this goes on and on and on. And really nobody is to blame but ourselves because I just don't think we've ever set up a great system to help patients after surgery take care of themselves. Um, you need to remember that if you're having like let's say a bank heart repair or a rotator cuff repair, you're at pretty high risk of re-injury afterward. If you try to actively lift that shoulder up or if you're passively moving that arm into a bad position, you can easily re-tear that rotator cuff. And uh, so, you know, you need to know what you can and can't do. That needs to be clearly outlined. And I don't see that happen uh, very often. And most oftentimes, uh, patients need a sling readjustment. It's very difficult to put a sling on a person right after they've had surgery uh, just because the patient, uh, you know, may still be quite uncomfortable from having had the surgery. They're under anesthesia, they're still recovering from that. They're kind of a little bit on the sloppy side. Um, and so it's difficult to get that just right. So, you know, that makes life a little more difficult. I've seen people come in to see me in therapy four weeks after having shoulder surgery with like huge bags under their eyes. They're absolutely miserable, haven't slept a wink. And all we do is a simple sling adjustment. And they come back the next time and they look like a completely new person. Um, they were able to sleep much better. They were much more confident with what they can and can't do. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that somebody else can move their arm for them and put them into a certain position that they can um, they can actually move that arm as long as it's uh, done right. And so, you know, one of the things that we have found to be super, super helpful and has really accelerated the rehab on patients and made our patients much happier is a, a three-day post-op um, follow-up with the patient. So, uh, this doesn't happen with uh, all of the patients that we see with rotator cuffs, but we do have a number of them that do come uh, on uh, day two or day three after having shoulder surgery. We remove the, uh, the large bandages, and then we teach the patient, we teach the family member how to remove the sling, how to put it on. We make the adjustments. We talk about proper sleeping position. We talk about... Simple little exercises uh, for the hand and wrist and um, pendulums and things of that sort, maybe some scapular retraction, all of these very safe exercises to get the patient moving the right way. But we just really focus on the do's and the don'ts. And what I have found, and, and, and the patient doesn't necessarily need to continue with formal physical therapy, although those that do continue seeing us after the third day, immediately after the third day, do much better. Um, now, with that being said, you know, these patients, sometimes they, the, the physician doesn't want them to start therapy for two, three, or four weeks afterwards. And I understand that. If they have a massive cuff tear or maybe um, they've had a biceps tenodesis or something and they just really want them to rest it, that's fine. But what I find is when those people come back on the four-week mark afterwards, they are so much happier than those who don't get guidance throughout that time frame from the time of surgery to the time they start therapy. And so, you know, it's very, very important that, you know, we collaborate with the orthopedic surgeons. And then I'm talking by we, I mean physical therapists, occupational therapists, PT and OT assistants, and even mid-level providers. I think it's very important that we understand that, you know, uh, three weeks after shoulder surgery, we can't just 
ask a patient to actively lift their arm as far as they can lift it just to see how well they're doing because that's going to put them at high risk of re-tearing. And uh, so we all need to be on the same page with this. We all have to have a good understanding of, you know, the integrity of the tissue, what was torn, uh, what was repaired, and, uh, you know, how the extent of the repair. And that all needs to be very clear to the therapist. And that needs to be relayed to the patient afterwards and shown them what they can and can't do so that they don't re-injure themselves. Because we all know that having a second rotator cuff repair or a second shoulder repair uh, of any sort is just not as success as successful as doing it right the first time uh, so I you know I I'm not complaining I, I we you know we get these people in here about you know three days after we have probably five percent of our rotator cuffs like that um, I'd love to see a hundred percent of our patients come in on the third day after just to give them some guidance and uh, make them feel more confident that they can take care of themselves uh, in the meantime uh, while waiting to start a formal course of physical therapy. And, uh, you know, and if we see anything that's unusual, then uh, we can report that to the provider. If the patient has any issues after that third day uh, until they start formal therapy or until they see their physician again, they can always call us. And um, we have a policy where people can give us a ring. They can come back in. We'll take a look at them and, um, you know, just give them some guidance. I think that's very important. And so... You know, what I'd like to hear from you folks is, you know, do you have frustrations with your post-operative uh, shoulder surgery patients? If you do, uh, you know, email me and uh, th that link is going to be in the show notes today, but email me those frustrations. I'd love to hear uh, what you folks think. Um, if you have any remedies or any thoughts on processes that work really well post-operatively, uh, let me know. I know that we have one that works really well. And I think at this point, it's a matter of spreading the word and uh, making this happen and making this work. So uh, I, you know, my process, I, I've dubbed it the three day post-op shoulder program. And we essentially have a, uh, a provider or two who will call us up on the day of surgery and say, I, I just did surgery on this patient. This is what I did. I'll be sending you the operative note, and uh, could you see this patient on the third day? We schedule them, we get them in, and um, they're getting over the anesthesia. They've had a chance to uh, try to get comfortable at home, maybe sleep in a recliner or in bed or maybe change their sling. Or They oftentimes at that third day will have a lot of questions about how to take care of themselves. And so we can certainly help with all of that. And um, then uh, we give them a, a program to do at home. We give them some guidance like that. I have a whole video series that I send my patients to that has eight different activities such as sleeping appropriately, how to change a shirt, how to take off the sling, how to sleep, how to shower, um, and all that stuff. So what I will do today is I will add all of this stuff to the show notes, and I would love to get everybody's opinion on this, and hopefully we can get the word out um, and, and get patients more comfortable. Number one, they need to be in less pain and they need to be confident with their uh, post-operative course of treatment. The other thing that I would like to emphasize and stress is that, you know, I can understand from the surgical perspective, from the surgeon's perspective, that they've done all of this work on the patient to um, repair this shoulder and to do a great job and to make sure that um, it takes 
and that the patient becomes successful and has a good quality of life afterwards. But I have heard on several occasions about um, therapists who have retorn rotator cuffs after surgery because they overstress the patient. They do activities that just put too much strain on the rotator cuff, either actively or passively stretching it. And I think it's important that the therapist understands the anatomy, they understand what was repaired, and the surgeon needs to have confidence in the therapist to say, yes, I'm okay with you seeing this patient on the third day because I know that you understand the tissue that's been repaired. I know that you're not going to overstress that, and I know that you're going to take it easy with my patient and do your very best to get them from point A to point B. And so that collaborative effort can be difficult. It can take some time. Um, right now, most orthopedic surgeons have protocols. Every single one of them is different. Uh, part of that is because every single surgeon does a different type of surgery. And every particular patient can have a different type of tear. They can have different tissue integrity. They can be of different ages. So all of these things have to be taken into consideration. And that's why I think that protocols are good as a guide, but sometimes we need to slow down from the protocol and sometimes we need to accelerate a little bit. Um, you know, if a patient comes in, they have a rotator cuff repair and um, they are diabetic Maybe they have a thyroid problem, they have a Dupuytren's contracture, and um, they're at high risk of adhesive capsulitis. We need to be moving these patients earlier, but in the safe ranges. And so it's important that we understand all of this stuff uh, so that we can do it right. And so, folks, send me any information you want regarding um, you know, this podcast today. Uh, I think it's it's one of those things that's frustrating for me, but uh, we're starting to see some headway in regards to a better management to the patient. So um, send me your questions, send me your comments. I'd love to hear. And uh, please uh, continue to uh, follow us on YouTube. We have some great videos that just came out. Uh, one with a gentleman with a uh, adhesive capsulitis and Dupuytren's contracture. I think you'd really enjoy seeing that. Uh, and I will uh, continue to talk about these correlations and how we can best manage our patients. So folks, again, thank you so much for listening to OrthoEvalPal, and I hope you all have a great day. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.